thick as hell, thumper looking, wow legs, and a wow ass. You know me, I love me some thighs and some butt, and he's got thighs and butts for days. Oh yeah, wow legs, wow ass, that's what I like, no doubt about it. And that's why Ahmed Fareed hosts this show, because he has wow legs and a wow ass, no doubt about it. They've gotten, What's you up? Know, they've gotten thicker in I, the last uh, 10, I 20 seen, years. I need to see. We'll, we'll have you over for like a pool party, NBC pool party at some point, and I'll evaluate you this summer a little bit. People, Maybe put it on social media, rate Ahmed's legs and ass for us. <laughs> Look at you. I don't, like I don't think I've seen that. you turned red like I this. I don't, I don't feel often. like we can do that. It's not just my sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> legally, I don't think that's allowed. Right? It's not allowed. Uh, <laughs> but people ask, they go, you evaluate all these different positions right it's right. a quarterback what do you like? wide receiver you got offensive lineman edge like what are you looking for butts basically butts butts and butts and legs. legs and yeah hey that tells a lot it really does as i've always told you and i mean it's funny I and mean, even football people make fun of me sometimes because they're like oh man you talk about it so much or or they're like you open my eyes to it i see it now and i'm like oh that guy's got a pair of you legs butts everywhere right. right hey like i've always said the guys that always were the strongest to me just evaluating the bodies it was wasn't about their biceps or their pectorals. They had a lower half that was scary and some back muscles. That would be the thing I would like. Warren Ooh. Sapp. I could probably bench, out bench press Warren Sapp. Like, no joke. Like, he, he was, I mean, probably not, but you know what I mean. It probably wouldn't have been that, he wouldn't dominate me. Yeah. Right? But Warren Maybe, Sapp. But. Yeah, yeah. But, but not to the point of where you'd think a defense, defensive tackle should dominate a quarterback, yeah. right? But. Sap like the legs and everything else. So there he is. Yeah, okay, maybe he can't bench a whole lot more than me. But his legs and butt and back were that of like a specimen, even though he had a belly. So if you saw that side of him and then you go, oh, well, that's why he's throwing that 315-pounder around with one arm today and doing all that stuff. So tremendous power there. I always look for that. I'm sorry we went down this it's, road. No, it's the key. It's yeah. the key. You it's get the key. You. So we're going to do the mock draft today. Mock draft, baby. And so these teams will all draft their first-round pick. Yeah. And they'll invite them to the, to the uh, stadium. Yeah. They'll do the press conference. Right. And they'll look at their legs and butt and go, oh, no. We no made, doubt. We made a mistake. And in Jacksonville, they just send them up to the pool up there at the stadium. And they go, <laughs> now show us what you got. Go ahead. Get in the pool and let us really evaluate you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't know it was going to start that way, yeah. but I'm glad it did. Good. We never know. We never know. Nice red sweatshirt for you today. I this like is, it. Yeah, I, it was red pants last time to Good. celebrate the end of uh, the evaluation Draft period evaluation, for, for Chris right? Sims. And right. today, I got the red sweater and also the shirt oh, that Pete got me. Oh, Detroit Rams. I love it. With the combined Ram and Lion logo because today is a big day. Lions, you know, get two first-round picks because of that trade. Yes. They made with my other favorite team, the Matt Staffords and the Rams. So we got <laughs> the second pick in the draft. We got the final pick of the first round, which could be very interesting yeah. on a couple of fronts. I'm excited for, for your, your team, your organization. Yeah. So I'm excited for this mock draft. Okay. Because this is, a, this is a different mock draft than any other mock draft out there because it combines a couple of things. It does. You're very plugged in to the yeah, NFL. Right. So you know what these GMs from a lot of teams, what these coaches, what the scouts are kind of saying. You're reading the tea leaves. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're going to do a mock draft that when you kind of have a feeling right. of where a team's going to go, right. you're going you're gonna to pick that player for that team. For the most part, yes. I mean, there's some here, too, that like, like, I've heard rumors or whatever, but I don't know if I believe it enough to jump on it. And we'll discuss, and I'll have that. So hopefully, you know, if anybody wants to get out there and do a mock draft or anything, I've at least added some value to the conversation for things for you to think about. So, yeah, it is a little bit of a combination of team needs, looking at it. Oh, wait, I don't know what this team is going to do. I haven't heard any rumors. All right, so I'm going to go through my evaluation and also – 
you know, within reason. I know my number five wide receiver might be different than the most of the people in the NFL's number five or two wide receiver. So I'm not just going to go, well, this was mine and I'm going to put him here because I had. I, I understand that some of my guys aren't going to go where I think they should go. And so I'm doing it off of, I guess, common knowledge and common sense that way too. I'm not just going to totally follow my board here, right? So if that makes sense too. Yeah. So it's a little combination of everything like you're talking about. And you have a pretty good feel on what these teams like. Yes, exactly what kind right. what player they like. Right, yes. Upside, No, no doubt about it. Right. Upside, floor. I certainly do have some nuggets as we'll get into things I've heard around the NFL like you explained that make sense here. And uh, we'll dive into all of that. But um, yeah, it's, it's a weird year too. As we talked about to me the quarterback issue is it's real in trying to figure out the draft a little bit especially the top 10 and I think that's most of the NFL I don't think any of the most of the NFL has a much of a feel exactly of where these quarterbacks are going to go I think that's pretty true and then you got a few wild card players I think in the draft too here that can disrupt or upset things and we'll get into that a little bit specifically Derek Stingley and came on Thibodeau mm. from Oregon. Those two guys, to me, are kind of the wild cards and could go in the top ten. Most likely won't, but if they do, man, that's going to leave some people on the board a little down the line that, of course, you know, might be... Might, might, might make teams happy. Very interesting because yeah. both of those were talked about, I think at one point, as slam dunk top 10 players, right, top right. 10 talents. Yeah. You came out here and you said you had question marks about both of those guys, yeah. and now here we are just a few days before the draft, yeah. and there are doubts there whether either is. one of those are going to yeah. go uh, in the top 10. Now, there could be some movement. Right. I don't know if teams are going to be able to trade down because there's not necessarily those big slam dunk guys I would say in the no. top 10. I think you're right about that. You don't have any trades I in don't. your mock no. draft. I did not have any trades, especially I, to me, the trades will not happen in the top 10 I don't think I don't think that because like you just you explained it right I, I don't think there's too much there for teams to want to trade up for we've talked about there's not a lot of superstars in the draft and then I think some of the teams here that are sitting here are going to have some players fall on their lap they're going to go like well, we got we got to have it to me where the trades can happen and I think things like really can open up are around like pick 15 or so because I think that's where you're going to have beauty in the eye of the beholder a little bit as far as that goes, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, not a lot of superstars, but as I told you, what was that last week where I said, you know, when I finally got done with all my evaluations, I think I was close to 80 guys that I wrote 25 to 45. Yeah. So that, that to me is where the value. And I think you're going to start to see teams go, well, wait, wait, this guy's on the board still. We had him high and another team might go, well, we got him kind of down the board a little bit. So go ahead. You want to get him now? Jump up. And to me, that, that's kind of how I read the room at least a little bit. If you're a team with a couple second yeah. or third round picks, right. you're sitting pretty right now. No there's going to be some good players oh, that are going to be still without, alive. Without a doubt. End of the second round, right. early third, even maybe into the fourth, yeah. fourth round. So yeah. a deep draft this year, but we're just doing the top 32 picks. Yep. The Chris Sims mock draft and we'll start with number one and it, usually by this time we kind of know we right? have a pretty good idea yeah we don't and it seems like for a long time we've had a good idea Aiden yeah. Hutchinson has been the name out of the University of Michigan the, right. the edge rusher um, but now here we are just a few days before and you're here in different places wow that maybe Jacksonville is going to pull a surprise yeah maybe we don't we don't right. know right now what do you think? Yeah, well, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson as the number one pick. One, I believe he is truly the best player in the draft, and that's the guy I would take. Now, you know, and so, yes, you know, much as Trayvon Walker, as talented as he is, probably more of a freak athlete, I understand that. Maybe a higher ceiling. I get all of that, too. 
Aiden Hutchinson's film in so many areas is just so good. You know what you're going to get for sure. Yeah, Trayvon Walker, there's that hair of a projection conversation we're talking about. In Jacksonville, here's the real thing that's going on. You know, I do know that there's definitely conversation of tackle or pass rusher. I'm not sure what tackle it is. I mean, I've heard some people say it's Iki Aquanu, maybe whatever. I don't know. But that, that's the rumor percolating around the NFL. Doug Peterson wants to tackle. He wants to emulate what they did in, in Philadelphia, which was we got the biggest, baddest motherfucking offensive line you've ever seen, and we're going to steamroll everybody and try to stop that first. He wants to do that. I think a lot of the rest of the organization wants the pass rusher. They look at it and go, wait, we got Cam Robinson. You know, We got Brandon Scherf. We drafted Walker Little in the second round last year, who to me has phenomenal talent. And again, I don't know what happened in the development this year. So there's that. That's where I go and just go, no, you got to go from the difference-making edge guy. And now the other aspect of that is, yeah, we all thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson. But to, here's what I thought. Aiden Hutchinson, one, I think he's the best player. Two, I thought, hey, Trent Baalke, you know, back in the day, he had Justin Smith. And San Francisco, who was a real try-hard culture, you know, awesome player right. type of guy that you can depend on and all that. He also drafted Alden Smith. That's where I was just going to go. And then there's the other curveball of, wait, he also drafted Alden Smith, which Trayvon Walker has got a very similar frame and skill set to, to like. So yeah. you're right. And I think there's a lot of people in the NFL right now that think it's down to Trayvon Walker and the tackle. And that'll be interesting. So there's some two cents for you. I don't know where it goes. I'm telling you who I would pick, and I'm giving you a little of the rumors that are out there. I haven't heard enough tangible to know it's Trayvon Walker for me to change my pick that mm-hmm. way. So I'm just not going to do it. But I understand that's out there, and if people are trying to make a mock, then you take that into consideration and do as you may please. And if people listen to your edge-rushing rankings, right. you don't think that Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have a high ceiling. You think that in, in three or four or five years, he could be the best edge rusher in the NFL. No, without question, he has that capability. The one thing he has the definite capability is just being one of the best edge players in football. Like I said, do I wish his pass rush was a hair better? Sure. sure. You know, coming around the edge, a little bit more bend, all of that. But he makes up with it in so many other areas. He's as quick of an athlete as I've ever seen at that size. I've never seen a guy that twitchy and quick. And like we talked about at the time, speed or quicks to power was a like a new thing to me. I was like, I've never seen a guy win with quicks to power so much where he gets a guy going, oh no, he's going to shake me, he's going to shake me. And then he puts his head and his arms in his chest and pushes him back that way. And then the run game, disruption, he is a hell of a fucking player. Yeah. He is a hell of a player. What do we call that, Pete? Shake and shove? Shake and shove, or shake no. and bake? Shake, shake and, and bake? bake? Yeah, right, something right. like that. A lot of shake and bake. Shake and Aiden bake. Hutchinson, who you think, or you have mocked as your number one pick in the NFL draft. So, yeah. then for the Detroit Lions at number two, I mean, is it almost easy for them what do you, i mean do they just take the guy that's uh that's not there off the edge i, but I believe so they yeah. got to i mean to me the edge is like the, they need somebody to make it that can be a difference maker in their defense right you're a lions fan who the hell can make a play in a big moment to ever like take the pressure off nobody yeah. right so they that to me is what they do your offensive line is good so i know we're not i hope we're not looking at an offensive line there it's a very good offensive line. They should be happy with that. We need to get some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Trayvon Walker, I'm sure they would love him. I mean, again, I, they're a team that I think is going to be happy to get either one. And I got Trayvon Walker going there to Detroit. I would think the fan base would love if Jacksonville took 
Trayvon Walker, and now Aiden Hutchinson's up around home and Michigan, and oh my gosh, that would be a great thing for Detroit to kind of have that be you know behind them and that backing. Trayvon Walker yeah. out of Georgia, yeah. number two. We were not talking about him being a top-of-the-first-round talent maybe a month ago, right? He has shot up draft boards people think it's just because of the combine no but it's more than that it's more than that you know I, it, to me it's one of those where you know again it it bothers me at times with evaluators that what why was he at pick 30 back three months ago why what what what, what what did you see to move him up? Oh, that's right. You just talked to a bunch of people, and they changed your mind. You went, they know more than me, so I'm going to listen to them. You know, that, that's what happened. So, again, it goes back to our unqualified people making a lot of qualifying statements. You know, I think once the real evaluators, the important ones, started to evaluate not only the athlete, but then you take into account, again, what we've discussed. The way they played defense did not do Trayvon Walker any, any favors at all. It didn't really show what he's all about. I still sit here and tell you that if they just said, hey, go out to a wide 10-9 technique, put your hand in the ground, and then just rush to the six-yard point behind the center and just fucking ruin every play, he would have been you know, a, a huge different player where every would have popped to everybody. So you got to be able to see that stuff. But these guys are, are awesome players. So you got Edge going 1-2. Edge, two. Edge. Edge, Edge. Goes to number three. Yeah. Houston Texans on the clock. Yeah, Houston Texans. Listen, now it's to me it goes tackle time. And you know me, I'm an Evan Neal fan. I believe that's the best tackle in the draft. I feel like with Houston, here's one. I'm going to say they go Iki Aquanu. I feel like that's just more their cup of tea. Again, so I'm just giving everybody my logic. First off, with Houston, you know, they have a little flexibility to maybe want to move Iki to guard for a year if they wanted to do something like that. But they have tackle issues. You know, you got the Tunzel. You know, they, they had Marcus Cannon at right tackle. He's up there in age and not like a special player anymore. You know, I would think that's the direction they want to go. It's a good culture, slam dunk, maybe one of the safest picks in the draft. And again, too, if you wanted to get – and if you wanted to oh, – and, and Cannon's gone. So that's I, I forgot about that, too. So he's out of there. So you got that. And then, you know, two guys on the inside, Titus Howard, Sharping, you know, there's there's some flexibility to play it out the first year. But I think Icky's the cleanest. He's the safest one. Run game, the film totality like we talked about last week. You know, his film is better than Evan Neal's. I gave Neal the advantage because of what we talked about. The pass protection I thought was off the charts. For a team that needs a whole bunch. Yeah. You know, and you got and I forgot three. Cannon was out of there. And you got the number three yeah. pick. Sometimes a fan base is going to want that that sexy pick. Yeah. But we, we've just seen how... how you can build the team, you know, because they're not. We don't expect Houston to be competing for a playoff spot next I, year. I don't expect that. No, this is still a process. I mean, how, you know, yeah, they did a lot of good things last year, building some depth on their football team. They got a base and pretty good. You know, now I think they're trying to get into let's finish it off and start getting some better players and some difference makers there. And I just think that's the one that makes the most sense for them at that position at number three. Uh, I mean, you know, I I don't envision them being a corner, all right, just because, like, hey, Lovey Smith, from everything in his history, he doesn't believe in man-to-man shutdown corners. That's not what he plays. He likes to play zone. He went to Tampa Bay and became the head coach and was like, why are we paying Darrell Rivas $75 trillion? I'm, I'm playing cover two. Okay, let's get him out of here. And that's what happened, right? So I don't think he believes in that. The pass rusher thing, 
they're not horrible in the defense end department. Yeah, there's no superstar there. But I also go, I don't know if that's the philosophy of their football team either to think like Lovey Smith or even Nick Casario to go that route. Mm-hmm. So that's where I go O-line and I come to the logic of Icky. And, of course, it makes sense too. That, that would be tough to go edge there too if you got the number three overall pick in the draft and you end up with the third best edge rusher or edge I, it's, player it's, at his position. I, I, I think so. I don't know if I would have the guts bit. right to pick a, uh, another edge rusher well, so at think number he's three. The best, right. but exactly. that's right. unlikely. So right. you got the tackle, Aquanu from NC State going three, no corner there. Do we go defensive back for the Jets at four? Yeah, uh, we're going defensive back. I, I don't think you could pass this up when you just talk about the player and then you talk about um, the need on the football team. And that's where, yeah, going Sauce Gardner all the way. Out of Cincinnati. Out of Cincinnati. Sauce Gardner, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? The guy's, he's a phenomenal football player. You know, he's got attitude. There's just not, a, like I said at the time, there's just not a lot of humans on earth that are, that are like him. To be that tough, that twitchy, you know, can really run, to be that long, you know, change directions the way he does really competes. You could tell it means something to him. Yeah, to me, he's that guy. He's that DB that not only can shut guys down, he fits what they want to do schematically and has some of those Richard Sherman you know, measurables that fit that Seattle three so well. And then when they want to do play, man, he can do that. And then has that attitude to me that's like a corner that can be infectious to a football team and a fan base. I mean, can't you picture the Jet fans all just being sauce, sauce, <laughs> sauce, guard, sauce, yeah. you know, in between In a beers good and, and bad way. Exactly. You know, Depending on if the play is good or bad. Exactly yeah. right, right, right. Uh, yeah, you you were high on. He's your number one corner. He's right? my number Sauce one corner. Gardner. That's it. That was pretty much. That was easy. Yeah, he was. He's special. He's a special football player. You say that was easy, but uh, over at NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, yeah. they do great work. They kind of compile all the different mock drafts that are out there, and there are seven million mock drafts out there. I think. We're going to make $7 million in one here today. Um, but they, they accumulate all of them and say, all right, who's the consensus pick? Which one has, you know, a, appears here more often than not? They got Kayvon Thibodeau at four there. We don't see Kayvon Thibodeau here at four for you. We, your, your feelings on him, and him have been made fairly clearly. I, 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 just, I just, yeah, my feelings, I feel like... The, we'll get to I, him later, too. I know. I just feel like the Jets, too... Again, with the board the way it is right now, I wouldn't want to leave Sauce Gardner out there any longer. Like, if you're planning on waiting to 10 and you think you might get him, you're in trouble. Somebody's going to steal him. All right? And then, to me, again, yeah, they need a pass rusher. I get you. There's a lot of good ones in the draft. You know, I think they have some good ones on their roster. And I, I, to me, again, uh, what, what I would say is, man, just knowing that crew there, the Jets from the 49ers, I just don't think that would be their cup of tea with the edge rusher guy anyways. You know, to me, that, that's just not what they are. They are. And, and, uh, to me, again, it's a good player out there. We'll discuss that as we go here. But right. I don't think that's the kind of guy they want anyways. Jets at four yeah. with a corner. Giants on the clock. At five, their first of two picks in the top seven. Yep, and I'm. this is where I'm going. Evan Neal, the best tackle in the draft. I don't think there's any doubt about that, in my opinion, as far as pass protection is concerned. And, you know, again, there, there's a de- they need to do something on the offensive line. I think it's too good to pass up right here. You know, to me, it's yeah, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, both on the board. I'm going to go with Evan Neal. He's a little bit more – he's more polished. He's a more sure thing than, like, you've heard me talk about. His ability to, to – uh, pass protect is as good as it gets. And, you know, again, 
He's a road grader in the run game. You know, when he's on and doing things all the right way, I mean, he's he, nobody blows people back more than uh, than Evan Neal, in my opinion. So to me, there's also great potential there to even get better, and it was good already. I mean, it really was. I just think you get that. Yes, you give Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley a yeah. chance, and uh, I think it's just a desperate need, and it's a can't-miss pick here for them. Saquon's already been talking about how he's going to have a bust-out year. I Imagine hope so. running behind Evan Neal Whoa. for Saquon Barkley. No question. I mean, you know, I think him, Andrew Thomas, you know, and, and – uh, the rest of the crew that they could put there together, they could give the Giants, at least in Daniel Jones, a fighting chance and, and have some time to pass and throw the ball down the field a little bit this year. Fellow noted Giants fan, along with yourself, Pete Demolemolitis, thanks you for putting your best offensive tackle to your favorite team. Well, yeah, and you know, again, I, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't think. I wasn't going in this going. I'm going to put my favorite player. I really didn't. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, I'm going to will it into existence. I was more of. Um, I just again. You heard what I said. I could see most of the NFL having Iki Aquanu as the number one guy. Sure. And I just think this Houston will be infatuated with all those type of things. The knowing that group in New England up there. That yeah, they'll take him over at Evan Neal. All right, two tackles off the board. We go to number six, Carolina Panthers on the clock. It's it's gotta be tackle again. Now here's mm. that we get in the conversation again. Here we go to the quarterback thing. This is where we can start, right? And talk. You know, but two things. I mean the head this coaching staff cannot want to take a quarterback at six. I'm just no way could they want to take one. Why would they want to take a quarterback and have to deal with that and their asses get fired and do all that? Because this is a make-or-break year. It's a make-or-break year. So to me, from that standpoint, let alone right there, just bam, how could you want to do that? And then I've heard out there that, yes, this is certainly a thought in the organization too. That That's like, well, yeah, the coach doesn't want to do that. He doesn't. Now, I don't know if the owner can trump him at this point, if he's going to like that. I don't think there's a quarterback there that's worth this year at pick number six. And like I talked about, you know, again, to me, the, the top two quarterbacks, which are, are, are Corral and Malik Willis, in my opinion, you're not going to throw them out there next year and just expect them to hit the ground running and carry the team anyways. Yeah, okay, Kenny Pickett's the guy, but we talked about Kenny Pickett, is, again, it doesn't, to me, it does not have anywhere near top 10 talent in the NFL draft type of thing. So that's where I'm going to go tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Huge need for their football team. Again, their roster, when you look at it, is put together pretty well. It really is. I mean, across the board. It was a playoff defense right. last year for you most know, of the year. I know some people see, I hear, see, see some people go, oh, they might go pass rusher. And I want to go, well, I mean, they got Brian Burns, who's one of the best pass rushers in football, and they drafted Uter Grossmanos in the second round. At some point, they, he's got to play and be the guy. And, and and so that's where I just look at it and go, no. And then, hey, they had Cam Irving playing tackle for them last year. It was less than. This is a huge need for their football team. Cross a little raw, but big-time talent. You know, big-time talent. One of those guys that, you know, again, if, if it all goes right, maybe he's the best of the group when all said and done. But I think they go tackle there all the way. You do see some people put Cross as the best tackle. There's people in the in NFL who believe that he's going to be the best one when all said and done. I don't. But, yes, I know there is some teams out there that think he's the guy that maybe has the most potential. Pete reminds us that the Chicago Bears with Matt Nagy on a make-or-break year <laughs> last year did go out on a limb and take yeah. a quarterback in the right. first round, right. Justin Fields. Right. Maybe a higher upside quarterback. You know, we don't to a lot of the NFL. Maybe yeah, yeah, higher upside. There's him, real but. tangible elite trait with Justin Fields, yeah. like we talked about at the time. But it didn't work out for Matt you know, Nagy. No, it didn't work out for Matt Nagy. Again, why would you want to do that? And I think Matt Nagy played it almost in the the opposite. 
I think he looked at it like, wait, I made the playoffs twice. I think if I get this and show a little progress with this guy, they're all going to go, let's not upset the apple cart. Everything's going good with Justin Fields, and that might save me another year. Give me another year of wiggle room. I really feel like that's why Chicago did it to a degree. It was almost the opposite. You know, there's no wiggle room here. Chicago had some wiggle room. I mean, yeah, they did. They went to the playoffs two out of three years. It wasn't because of the offense. We know that. But, yeah, so this is a little bit of a different story altogether. But, yeah, you're right. There is a team that we've seen do it, but their ass ain't there anymore either. All right, so no quarterback off the board in the top six here. Be curious to see when you take the first Mm -hmm. one here in your mock draft. The Giants' second pick in two picks here, number seven overall on the clock. This is where I'm going Jermaine Johnson, the second Florida State. That's This, to me, again, the Giants need a pass rusher. They got plenty of big people in the middle of their defense. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, they're fine in that department. Now, I don't think there's a corner on the board here that's worthy of taking. They still got Bradbury. Uh, so I look at that. You've addressed the offensive line. To me, it's now like, can we get somebody off the edge for Wink Martindale's defense that could be a Matthew Don, Zadarius Smith type of guy on the edge? And that's where I just feel like Jermaine Johnson fits it perfectly. One, he's you know one of the most naturally gifted pass rushers in football. Two, the way he plays the run, stand-up linebacker, some of the things that he does on the football field, I think are just like a Baltimore Ravens defensive guy is going to go, oh, this is perfect for us. This is what we like. You know, I, I talked to Jermaine Johnson last week. I mean, what he learned at Georgia – it's so much what he'll have to do with the Ravens-Giants-type defense that he'll be playing in with holding people up and reading the plays and doing all that. And he's phenomenal at that, let alone we know he can rush the passer. So that, to me, was just easy and makes sense. You did talk to him. Yeah. You liked him. I liked him. And now you're putting him on your favorite I team know, again. I know. Look at me. <laughs> no, you are higher on him than, than most other people, and I think he's mocked to go maybe somewhere you know, mid-first round. Right. Um, but you, you feel like teams are, are wise to Jermaine Johnson and what he did last I, I, I do feel like there's, yes. I, I have uh, enough feedback to know that, yeah, I don't think I'm going crazy here in this spot right here by putting him there. You know, again, yeah, where he falls mid-first round, few picks later, I don't know. If a few things change, maybe that could change to where he drops down a little bit. But I don't see him falling too far. And I think part of the reason where you see him where you're talking about, too, is the... Kayvon Thibodeau effect. It's just nobody can get off the Rivals.com high school ranking and where he was ranked four years ago, so we just got to keep him there. So that's where, to me, that that is why I said to start this whole process up. Stingley and Thibodeau are going to be the ones I look at to be the changers in the draft with the quarterback and how things fall out. And I always think it's funny, too, because people are like, well, he's more of a 15 pick than a 7 pick. And the team that's picking 7 is like, well, we don't pick at 15, and we like the guy. So what are we supposed to do? Just yeah. not take him no, I, I, 8 picks later? If you've got a guy him. and a need, yeah. that you you got a guy of the high grade and a need, you do it. You don't go, oh, well... Man, we might be four picks too high on this one. (laughs) That, to me, is nitpicking, and you're stupid, and then you're in danger of losing that guy if you want to trade down three or four spots or whatever. You're risking a lot there. Atlanta's a team that might trade a bit in the first round here. We got uh, their pick at number eight on the clock. Atlanta's one of the hardest teams to figure out. Again, I don't envision them going quarterback here. I don't. I don't see that happening. All right? 
Um, I am one that goes, ooh, man, Matt Corral makes a lot of sense for their football team, play-action team, want to just throw aggressive lasers down the field. That's what he does. That's what he did. That's what he will always do. He fits that to me. Atlanta has so many needs on their football team. I just can't imagine them reaching for a quarterback here. That's the biggest thing. I have no feel for what Atlanta's going to do at eight. None. I have no idea, just to let you know. I know people have put the receiver out there. That's part of the thing. Uh, again, there's one guy I would take maybe at number eight at receiver, all right? And that's Jamison Williams. It's the only guy I would take, mm-hmm. all right? But he is as an ACL injury. They're not going to be able to depend on him early in the year at least. So maybe they could go there. I know there's a real need at that position. I get that. But at multi- ultimately, I'm going Jordan Davis from Georgia. Defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. Uh, as I've told you, this is a freak of nature. It's one of the freakiest guys in the draft. To me, you want to set a culture and a safe pick, you know, and start accumulating some players and a team and start building something, a nucleus. Jordan Davis makes a lot of sense to me. I think he's phenomenal. Like I said, Vita Vea was, what, pick 12 a few years ago in the draft. I think he's better than Vita Vea. He's a freak. Jermaine Johnson, I talked to him. I go, oh, who's the what freakiest guy at Georgia? That you're oh, well, it's got to be Jordan Davis. Uh, so uh, just the film – what they need, Dean Pease, they're playing a defense that needs big people in the middle. They don't have that. Grady Jarrett's a smaller, you know, disruptive type of guy. They don't have a guy that can take on double teams and overpower people and push the pocket. I love Jordan Davis. So that's where I'm going there. Uh, I think it's a huge need for their football team. I don't see offensive line matching up here at this pick or anything like that. Like I talked about, the receiver, quarterback, certainly a conversation. Uh, but this is one I got no feel for, and I'm going to kind of go off of my board, what I think, and I'm going Jordan Davis. So the top eight picks are in. If you're watching the draft live on Thursday, we're probably two and a half hours, three hours into the program. Uh, do we have a recap of the one through eight? Chris Sims here to take a little pause to recap. You got Aiden Hutchinson going number one off the board of the Jaguars. Uh, even though the rumors out there that it might be Walker, it might be a tackle, who knows? Uh, there's your top eight, and interestingly enough, you got two Georgia players in the top eight. Yeah, that team was stacked. It stacked. seemed like every position group we went through, there's one or two Georgia guys that yeah. were worthy of discussion. As we go now to number nine, the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. <sighs> Seattle's a hard one. So here we go. To me, this is Seattle. Seattle to me. Here's the team where I think there's a connection with Seattle and Oregon, the school, mm-hmm. right? Oh. I've heard – here's two things here. Oh. Connection with Seattle and Oregon. I don't know what the connection is. Proximity. Ed Orgeron and Pete Carroll have a relationship. All right, so there's Derek Stingley. They could use a corner. They could use a pass rusher. And they could use a lot of things, as we've discussed. I mean, Seattle's got a lot of needs on their roster. They really do. So here's one where, again, I understand this is the first place I look at to go, this could be Kayvon Thibodeau, this could be Stingley. I wouldn't do it. There's no doubt about it. But if you're thinking about making a mock bet and betting on points bet, a mock draft and doing a points bet, perfect 10 type of thing that we'll talk about here in a minute, (laughs) all right, then maybe you want to think about Thibodeau. Or Stingley. I'm going Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. That's where I'm going to go. The other defensive tackle. The other defensive tackle. The other guy. The guy that fits what they want to do up there in Seattle. The guy that's extremely disruptive. Can be, you know, a Michael Bennett 
fuck the play up type of force for their defense. Uh, you know, again, they they got they have some guys that are solid or good edge rushers. All right, some guys I think you could depend on, and then you know some of them, L.J. Collier. You know, they got. Uh, um, let me let me pull up their roster. Um, the kid uh, Taylor, they they drafted from Tennessee a few years ago. To where I came to it and went, listen, I know they can use a pass rusher. I understand that, but felt like it was not. Desperate, desperate, all right? I understand the corner thing. I wouldn't take any of the corners there. I would not take Derek Stingley there for the reasons that everybody's heard me say. I understand that some people in football love him, and I get it. I see it. They love the feet. They love the hips. It's amazing. They love 2019. They love 2019. And to me, Chris Sims just can't get behind. Wait, weird. Film was good three years ago. It got worse two years after that. I can't get behind. I just can't. So that's where it bothers me. But here, L.J. Collier, Rasheem Green, Alton Robinson, Darrell Taylor. You know, again, not guys that you're going to look at and go, oh, man, they're unbelievable football players. But I'm going to go, no, they're damn good players. They're damn good. All right? Defensive tackle, they got some size guys. Puna Ford, Brian Moan, Quentin Jefferson's there. They got Kendichi. Yeah, Shelby Harris a little bit. Shelby Harris they got from the Denver trade. But to me, no like guy that can just muck a play up and do a whole bunch of things on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where I go Devontae Wyatt. You know I love him. I mean, he might go higher than this, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe I'm low here. Um, but this is one of the more interesting picks of the draft, and I'm going Seattle, Devontae Wyatt. Three Georgia D linemen in the top nine. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I wonder why they were so good last year. I, it's it's really amazing. <laughs> it's the greatest defense in college football, that's, that's amazing, for sure. Yeah. Right. And, and I think legitimately – I mean, you look at, hey, N'Kobe Dean, I think Quay Walker, of course, who I think is better than N'Kobe Dean, Lewis Sign, the safety scene, sorry, I always mess him up. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those went. You know, it's they'll, they'll be dicey. There's an end of the first round type of guys, but it wouldn't be shocking. So we go to 10 now. The Jets have another pick. You had him taking Sauce Gardner, the corner at four. What do you see him doing at 10? Gosh, the Jets, here we go. It's, it's receiver. It's receiver. It's receiver. It's receiver. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Jamison Williamson's the best receiver in the draft. I don't think really anybody in football disagrees with that. Not that I know of. I really haven't talked to one person that goes, Jamison Williams is the best. The period. receiver out of Alabama. Alabama. ACL injury. He, exactly. ACL injury, you know. Uh, late in the year in the national championship game, um, I'm having them take him. I am. I'm going Jameson Williams here. Again, the play is not about what he can do for a year. What could he do for me in week three of this year? Fuck week three of this year. What can he do for you in week 13 this year and next year in week three and then mm-hmm. the year after that? That's what we're looking at to like maximize the guy, right? So I just look at that and go, the guy's too talented, you know, He's a real, in my opinion, difference maker. I think he's every bit as good as Devontae Smith last year. In fact, I, I might think he's better, actually, as the time went on. I really think as the draft process went on and the more I saw him and stuff, I went, I think I like him more than Devontae Smith last year. I, I, to me, it just they're not desperate at receiver. It's not like, oh, my gosh, we got to have – like it's not a Green Bay situation. Right. This is one where you just go, man, we just want one more guy, and we're going to be really dangerous with our biggest investment, with our quarterback – and let's do it. And that's where I'm going to go that. Drake London, would he be in this conversation? I could certainly see him being there. He's very high in the NFL circles because of the size and the route running. You know, He scares me a little with the speed like we talked about. 
I think he could be a guy maybe in the running for this pick here too. But I, if I'm the Jets, I'm going Jamison Williams. You pair up Jamison Williams yeah. with your guy, Zach Wilson, right. and you are flipping your allegiance from the Giants over to the Jets. <laughs> you I'm liking them a lot. <laughs> I'm liking them a lot. I know that. I already do like the Jets. I can't help not like the Jets. I'm that weird Giants fan that actually likes the Jets too <laughs> because of, yes, the quarterback and the people that work there. You know, again, I'm sorry. I'm a human. You know, I've known some of them for a long time, and I believe in them, and they're good people. So I root for the Jets. All right, so that's the top 10 right there. Yeah. And if Chris is exactly right with his top 10, Jake Croucher from PointsBet will give you $100,000. Actually, I think Chris is probably ineligible, right? Pete? Darn it. We, yeah, Chris might be ineligible Why? for this. Why? I shouldn't be. I should be eligible. If you out there are listening to this, and look at that, look at that picture of Chris there with a, t- with a tie in the cheeks, <laughs> the high cheekbones, and the haircut, perfectly groomed. Professional. Professional picture to that this year. <laughs> uh, but if you take Chris's picks and they are exactly right, you can win 100K from PointsBet. So if you've been listening to the pod over the last few weeks, you know that Chris has been giving you insight, analysis to help make you smarter when it comes to the draft. Our partners at PointsBet have been PointsBet have been listening as well, Chris, and they have cooked up a contest that you will not find at any other sports. Book. Any other. The PointsBet Perfect Ten presented Ooh. by yours truly. Chris Sims. Ooh. Yes, that jerk Chris Sims you. is presenting this to you. Why perfect 10, you ask? Yeah. Because that's exactly what you'll need to be okay. perfect, okay? And selecting picks 1 through 10 on Thursday night. And if you're perfect, you can win $100,000 and free bets from PointsBet. And, I mean, damn, if you're perfect, I'm going to call you next week and tell you you're perfect, too. I'm going to add that on top of the wow. prize. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm going to be like, yeah, we're going to have you on the pod, actually. If you're perfect and you win $100,000, we're going to have you on the pod and call you a genius and then also <laughs> like tell you, let's rub it in on PointsBet. And you stole 100000 from them. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. let's rub it in. What are we going to spend it on? What if I it's know. like 10 people? What I, if it's like it's something crazy? Like we're going to have a busy pod next week, okay? <laughs> That's uh, what we're going to do. So here's what you got to do. You got to go to PointsBet.com or you download the app. If you're a new user, you enter the code HOMIE. You get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Once you're signed up, or if you're already a PointsBet user, you go over to that promos page, opt in to the PointsBet Perfect 10 contest. After opting in, you go over to the 2022 draft betting markets. And so you're going to see those individual bet markets for each picks, one through 10 there, Chris. Yeah, all right, cool. So that's good. I'm glad you're doing this and explaining this a little bit better because you're <laughs> yeah. way smoother. And if you need to me. go back and listen to that again, which I might have to Yeah, do, we got rewind. Right, we all got rewind. From there, place 10 bets with the stake, with the stake of your choosing. All right, it can be as low as 50 cents. All right. Yeah. All right, 50 cent. Don't be in the club. Yeah. You'll need to place exactly <laughs> one bet each for picks one through 10. All right, so everybody got that? You'll need to ex- place exactly one bet each for picks one through 10. Get your bets in prior to 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. So you got to get it in 9 yep. a.m. Eastern Thursday. Early, early in the out. morning. Yeah, early, early in the morning. morning. Don't get wait your for those rumors. Up. Don't wait right. for those rumors an hour get before. Get up, watch pro football talk at 7 a.m. <laughs> and as you're doing that, get in your perfect 10, send it in, and then sit back, relax, and wait to see mm-hmm. if you'll be $100,000 richer yeah. and friends with Chris Sims and Ahmed Farid. Exactly. You'll be on the pot. A recurring <laughs> that, might guest. Be, that might have ruined it right there. They might be like, damn, I wanted 100000 <laughs> I'd rather not. Do I, I got to talk to these guys, though? They, they go, can I opt out of the friendship uh, between Chris and Ahmed? All right, so that's points bet trying to give away uh, free money. We're moving on in our mock draft now. Number 11, the Washington 
Commanders. Commanders. That does not I, roll does, off the It tongue. does not. It really does not. I know. It's weird. And I think this one, to me, was one of the easiest picks of the draft, I think, when it just all laid out there to me. Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. You look at Washington, their roster, what they got there. They, they got... They don't have enough numbers at the safety position. There's a real need, I think, within not only numbers, but the player himself. And you know, the thing you love about Hamilton is he, he can really fit kind of two, three holes in one. Yeah, it's safety. Oh, smaller linebacker, bigger safety who can play over the slot, almost like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa in Cleveland last year where you can go, we can kind of be like leave him there and never really change and match up with everything. Oh, they got a small slot receiver. Kyle Hamilton's fine. Oh, they got a tight end there. Kyle Hamilton's fine. Oh, they're running the ball over there. Kyle Hamilton's fine. Like that's where he's great to me. And to me, there's a real need for this with the Washington football team. He's he's like another guy that I just look at and go as safe as it gets in the NFL draft. Again, I, there's no bust factor with this. Even kid with at that all. slow forty time. I know four five nine six four guy. And, again, like we've always talked about, I, I think, and you've seen enough highlights and clips now to go, yeah, it doesn't look like four, five, nine when you watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't play like that on TV either. He runs a lot of people down, and he's awesome in coverage. So, uh, to me, it was one of the easier picks of this mock draft. I didn't have to stress too much about this there one. There could be some value there, too, because there were times where people thought maybe Kyle Hamilton could go as high as number two. I, a, I he is. I, yep, I think that's too high for me, certainly. But, yeah, yeah, is there some – is he – is there a team there in the top 10 that really likes him sitting there? I don't know. I mean, he, he's worthy of that type of pick. And then it leads to the Minnesota Vikings at number 12, who took a couple of players that you really liked last year, Derisaw and Kellen Mond, yes, the quarterback. no doubt. So who do you have them taking in 2022? So this is where I think the slide ends for Kayvon Thibodeau. This is where I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings, Kayvon Thibodeau, off the edge, all right, you're coming. We're talking about a defense that's going three, four, outside linebacker type. Okay, now it's third down. We need you to put your hand on the ground and rush the passer. Just to me, makes too much sense here. So there's a real need. I think without a doubt, you know, again, Daniel Hunter. I know he's there as well. Um, Got to be a little concerned with some of the medical issues he's had to deal with the last few years. All right, with the two D tackles I have off the board already, you know, I don't think there's a value to go there. To me, they are one of those teams I looked at at those positions, and I just went, you know, D tackle. They got a little depth and some players there, where I think you're going to have more of a desperate need to go the pass rusher, difference maker type that way. And to me, it's been an issue for their football team. I know corners another issue that we certainly could talk about with the Minnesota Vikings, but. Yeah, they're mocked for Trent McDuffie. In a lot I, I, of and that could be a possibility. I mean, that's that's what I thought about too. Is going the corners right there, but I think ultimately when I looked at it, and again, is Thibodeau on the board? All of that, I think they'd have a hard time passing that up. You're lower on Kayvon Thibodeau. This is lower than where most people have him. Right. Although this is higher than I thought he would be in your mock draft. Yeah, it was because I think if it was my draft, right, I'd go. Yeah, I I mean, really, my draft, I don't think he's someone you take anywhere before 20. I understand, though, that I know there's people in football that think he's better than that. You know, so again, that's where I'm I'm not going to be unrealistic here and just be stubborn Chris Sims. And like, I try to do this with some common sense logic and things. I, yeah, I'm lower on most. I know, uh, I know there's people that do agree with me, but I know there's other people that look at it and go, no, I see enough there to think he's worthy of that pick. So the Vikings at 12 taking the edge.
player, Kayvon Thibodeau. At 13, we got Houston's second pick in the draft. You had him taking Iki Ikuanu with the number third pick, an offensive tackle. What do you have them looking at in their 13th pick? Yeah, well, all right. Now we get into the, like, the range of like, okay, where where are we going to go here if you're you know the Houston Texans? And again, yeah, we, we got the O-lineman. I got to look at defense here now as being the next thing that you, you got to address on this football team. You know, there's some guys on the board like Karlaftis, who's a really good football player, who I thought about a little bit. Like, oh, man, would they like him? I don't know. I just looked at that and go, I don't really think that's like Lovey Smith's cup of tea. To me, the guy and the thing that I look at with their football team that I go is missing and it pops out to me is like a longer big-time defensive middle linebacker in the middle of their defense. One, hey, I know Casario. They believe in size and middle linebacker in that presence. Oops, excuse me. And then Lovey Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, when he was the head coach of the Bears, I played against him. Guess who was running down the middle of the field? That Tampa 2 defense. Yeah, Brian Urlacher. And that's where I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd from Utah. Devin Lloyd from Utah, slam dunk, definitely the best linebacker in the draft. He's got very good you know, hips, length, athleticism. He's awesome against the run. Anybody listen to the linebacker pod? I mean, his ability to get people, throw people to the ground, get off blocks, weave through traffic, still make tackles. And then, again, being that long and athletic down the middle of the field, to me, is a real weapon. Uh, I, I think that's a real need for their football team. I think this is a really good football player. To me, it just matched up. But I don't have feel for this one. Mm. I don't. I don't sit here and go, oh, I'm hearing this. I mean, the Texans are one of those teams when I got down here to go, ooh, I'm not really sure what the hell they'll do right here. Uh, they I'm might really try not. to trade back. They too. could trade back. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that hearing that the Texans could trade back or want to trade back. So, you know, you know, maybe they get some team that's getting antsy about a wide receiver or something like that, right. and they do that. Maybe they go the wide receiver. That was the other thing that kind of went to my brain, too. I just put him in, like, is this a team that goes Drake London, maybe, and decides to do that? You know, again, I could see that being a possibility with that size, that route running ability, all of that. Nice little compliment to, to Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills, who's you know a good back ball, throw-it-up type of player quarterback. Uh, so that certainly went through my brain, too. So no Drake London there, the wide receiver out of USC. Perhaps you give Lamar Jackson some help with a wide receiver at 14. Baltimore on the clock. I know. I mean, I don't think so. I'm not going to lie to you, though. The receiver thing like, came to my mind a little did bit. Did it really? It that, did. That was just a transition. Man, just to, it, I, I, I just I, made that up. I mean, they have – I ultimately, I went, wait, they got Andrews, you got Hollywood Brown, yeah. you got Bateman. Like, well, they got to they gotta do their thing. And I don't think they're going to be looking to the future going, well, we don't want to pay Hollywood after this year, and we're going to do all that. Like, I don't think so. I don't I, – I, so, but I, it did cross my brain, nonetheless. Okay. All right? Ultimately – you know, I got into like, I got into the D line conversation here with Baltimore. That, that that to me is where my brain kept going with this whole thing. And at the end of the day, I ended up going George Carlaftis, the edge rusher from Purdue, uh, just Baltimore guy. And then Mike McDonald, right? I'm saying his name right. The new defensive coordinator for the Ravens. He came from Michigan. He's gonna have a good look at this guy, the Big Ten. So those are kind of the dots I connected a little bit there with that one. Mm. Did I think about maybe going D tackle? To a degree, yes. Car- uh, Carlaptis can kind of do that a little Carlaptis bit. Carlaptis can do everything. <laughs> yeah. So where that's where it, again, if you're going to run a multiple defense, he's a stand-up outside linebacker, pass rusher. But yes, to your point, has the power to go like, hey, on third down, you can put him at defensive tackle, and he'll be a handful and hold it. You know, give them issues. So yeah, there is that. I did think about D tackle too. 
I did. You know, I, 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 you know, Calais Campbell, it's, it's up there. To me, the biggest, you know, Justin Matubike from A and M is really like their most disruptive defensive lineman. I could see them going that way. I just didn't know if it matched up for who's on the board and what happens there. Devontae Wyatt falls to that. Maybe they go the Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. I thought about even Travis Jones from Connecticut, the big D tackle, space eater type of guy. I thought about that as well. But ultimately, I just looked at it and went, wait, you know, they got Tyus Bowser, he's a good player, you know, but they got away. Man, you got a guy like Carlaptis on the edge, other outside there. You become a really pain in the butt good defensive football team and that's where I decided to go yeah they got Jalen Ferguson Tyus Bowser they're not bad players here too so I'm just giving you I I, this was a tough one for me to figure out a little bit about where to go exactly with Baltimore another edge rusher off the board in the Chris Simmons certainly worthy of that to me that's for sure that's what I'll say five off the board in the first 14 picks if it goes perfectly as Chris Simms says says it's going to go here 15 the Eagles on the clock booyah Eagles, I got going receiver here. Again. I do. Again. Reminiscent of my Detroit Lions back in the day of going Roy Williams and Mike Williams and Kelvin Rogers. Or uh, not Kelvin Johnson. Well, Kelvin Johnson was up there and then Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. You guys went, let's see. How did that go? Charles Rogers first. Yeah. Roy Williams second. Yeah. And then. Mike Williams. And then Mike Williams uh, third. Yeah. Right? I've tried to block it all yeah. out. <laughs> right. right. Roy, Roy ended up being the best one. He really. was good. Yeah. Right. Roy, I mean, he went to a Pro Bowl up there and did some things there. Um, but, yes, with this pick, here I look at I look at them as a team and go, first off with the Eagles, and go, hey, they got, you know, I, I thought about here, oh, wait, pass rusher. Could this be a thing for them? All right. Well, they got some players as pass rushers. They just signed with Hassan Reddick. You know, I know, like, I saw a lot of mock drafts that got, like, them taking edge guys. And I'm going to go, I just don't think it's that. Desperate of a need, and with the guys I have off the board, I don't think there's anybody worthy taking of there. So that's where I don't look at it more than anything. You know, they just signed Sweat. They still got you know Barnett. They still got Graham. Uh, they got Hassan Reddick. Uh, so that to me, it just didn't make sense. All right. So that's where I am going. Drake London, wide receiver, USC. That's what I would do. And listen, I know Garrett Wilson's on the board. Olavi's on the board. Devontae Smith's those guys. They're just better versions, in my opinion. So, and he, Devontae Smith was really good last year. Like, don't, don't get it mixed up. I know I said those things about Jamison Williams and all that. He's a really good player. Yeah. Like, I, I love Devontae Smith. But, so you got Devontae Smith, who's the speed guy and, you know, can take the top off and a good route runner. To me, now we, we need another type of guy to go along with it. And that's where I like, I wouldn't go Garrett Wilson of them. It's like, he's just a lesser version of Devontae Smith to me. Let's let's bring another angle to the defense here that they got to defend. Something else they got to worry about. And I, this is where I went. I was thinking, ooh, Burks, Trey Willen Burks, ooh, Drake London. I went London just from this aspect of big body. Jalen Hurts is a good big body receiver thrower. He throws a nice jump ball, soft back shoulders. We talked a lot during the season how he throws deep balls and he gives his guy a chance and he's very good at throwing the deep ball. And Drake London's just made for that to me. And that's what he is. You know, his speed scares me a little like I talked about, but his ability to run routes and his size are real and they're elite. And that's where I'm just going to go with him over there where, I, like I said, I, I, I toyed around with the idea of Traylon Burks because I think, too, 
he's different than Devontae Smith too. Yeah. Wait, we got the route runner, the speed guy. Now we got the guy that we can give a speed sweep to and throw a screen to and sneak him out of the backfield behind the ball and throw him the ball and he'll make four people miss and outrun people and do all that. There's a little more physical of an element with London and Traylon Burks that makes sense. Uh, but I'm ultimately going with Drake London there. Your second wide receiver off the board after Jamison Williams you had going number 10 to the Jets. It's Drake London, 15 to the Eagles. 16, midway point of the first round. That's the New Orleans Saints now on the clock. Yeah, and that's is where I'm going offensive line here. I'm going Bernard Raymond um, from Central Michigan here mm-hmm. as a tackle, right? I, I think a lot of people think like, you know, again, I, I think it's a, a, a real need for this football team. We know that. They're a team like here's the first thing I want to say about the Saints. I don't think Saints are going quarterback. And I know a lot of people think, oh, this may be where Kenny Pickett's going to go. I don't. I am one that believes the Saints think they're really good. The Saints think they're a player in the NFC right now with the way it's set up. And they should. Well, why wouldn't they, right? You think about it, you go, Saints? I mean, they lost Jameis Winston last year. They still almost made the playoffs. They had a bunch of injuries with their team. And they're probably looking at it and go, the NFC? There's only four teams in the NFC. We're clearly like maybe five. So let's go for it. I've got the sense from people around the league and people I know that, yes, they're not into like, let's start over with the young quarterback. They think they can still be a real player. And that's to me a guy, here we go. We need a guy that can play right away, help the football team. Uh, I like Bernard Raymond a lot. I know a lot of people think had the Penning kid I saw, yeah. you know, was the next tackle off the board. To me, this was the next best one. There was a more of a little more of a physical element to his game that I liked uh, more than Penning. I got Bernard Raymond off the board here. Our friends over at Points Bet say that the New Orleans Saints currently have the seventh best odds of winning the NFC. So a fringe playoff team. A fringe playoff team. The last team in. The last team in. Still right. win. That window is now. Sean Payton will be like midway through the year. He'll be like, I'm going to go back. That team can still win. I didn't think they could still win. I'm going to go back. Well, you look at, you know, that's what happens. You look at the roster still and you still go, okay, corners are pretty good. Sure. Still got DeMario Davis, a linebacker. They were able to work, manipulate the cap. Yeah. D line is really good still. O line. Yeah, they just got to replace a few people and maybe look to the future because they got some guys that, you know, will be out of there soon a little bit. So they got that. And of course, we know wide receivers, another position that they certainly could address at some point here. So nine through 16. We've reached the midway point of the first round. There you see another Georgia D lineman, Devontae Wyatt, going off the board there at nine. Got a couple more edge guys, very deep in edge, and our second wide receiver, first safety going off the board. Now we go to 17. That's the Charger. Our Chargers have not seen a quarterback yet off the board. Maybe you start planning for post-Justin Herbert here for the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, no, for 14 years down the road. Yeah, yeah going to yeah. have to wait another uh, another couple picks for a quarterback. Chargers at 17. Yeah, Chargers, uh, you know, again, did, have had a very good year in free agency. Yeah. I think that's the first thing we could talk about. Short up their defense. They did. I mean, they definitely did. They made some moves there for sure. You know, added the corner, added another big time edge guy, and I so say you got to be excited about that. You know, there was somebody else I wanted to bring up too that they added that I uh, can't remember who it was. But here is like with them what they did in free agency, and then I think like you know where they are as a team, and you look at their roster. I, I just felt like it it made too much sense for me here to go wait. They're still got issues. I know they got Christian Covington and Austin Johnson as defensive tackles. Uh, they were horrible at stopping the run last year. And you know those guys are like 
one-year Band-Aid guys. Like, they're just like, hey, you're up there in years. Yeah, and then I know Pete's getting in my ear, but Sebastian Joseph Day. Sebastian Joseph Day, no, he's a guy that's more than a one-year Band-Aid guy. But not a, again, uh, uh, Staley and his history and where he's been, they, they need a real, real big guy difference maker. And Joseph Day is a little bit more of a disruptor speed guy, does some of that. He can do some of the, you know, two-gap and all that, but that's not his cup of tea. And that's where I'm going to go the kid from Connecticut, Travis Jones here. Travis Jones is, you know, a phenomenal football player. I mean, he really is. He's a big-time talent. You know, I talked to you. I think he, he's arguably maybe the two be- best two-gapper in the draft as far as his ability just to hold people, read the play, get the guy off him, make a tackle, whatever. He's amazing that way. So I looked at them and go, I don't think there's really a need at wide receiver. I mean, they're good there. All right? O-line, you know, they're, I, I thought about it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um you know, they, they, but I just didn't, I, I you know, O-line, the, you know, here's my O-line. This is what I want to get to. I was going, wait, who's, who am I missing? Pippins did good enough last year to me. Trey Pip, Pippins, yes. That I think they're going to stay with him. I, he played good enough at the right tackle position to where I go, I don't think it matches. You know, I'm not in love with Penning, who's really the next guy up. So Trey Pipkins the third, I thought kind of went away and go. I think they're going to stay with him. You know, they got the interior O line kind of fixed a little bit, and that's where I went back to the defensive side of the ball and I said, "Oh, okay, now the Chargers got some damn defense with this guy." You add Travis Jones to the mix. Got it. So Travis Jones out of UConn, their best player for I quite some time. I couldn't think for a second there. I got, I've had two mistakes in my brain so far that have bothered me. I was there for a second, going, "Wait, am I forgetting something about tackle with this football team?" So that's why I didn't go tackle because I know a lot of people think that could be a direction they go. You know, so that that uh, that was my reasoning for that. Philadelphia had that 15th pick. You gave them another wide receiver in Drake London. They're back on the clock at 18. Do they take another wide receiver? No, they the don't. Round? This is where they got to address corner. <laughs> this is the, the to me is the the number one glaring need on their football team, and that's where I'm going to give them Trent McDuffie from Washington would be good value oh there. I, I I love McDuffie McDuffie is I mean the film is is really clean he's phenomenal in all areas there's no really weakness to the player at all overall you know the only thing that I worry about with him at all is you know me I just wish there was a hair more top end speed you know four 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 is very good but you know when I take corners in the top 20 man i'd like him to be in the four three i'm not gonna jo- i'm not gonna lie i really do uh, to me there's a thing there but he's good in all areas and i think you really just can't go wrong you're gonna get a really awesome starting caliber player who i think has some slot value to go along with that as well uh so yeah to me this is kind of a, the safe one of the safest picks at the corner position in the whole draft so you have the eagles going wide receiver corner with their two picks in the middle of the first round saints you had going tackle and Raymond from Central Michigan, Saints back on the clock at number 19 overall, yep. and you have them taking... Now it's time to go receiver. Okay. And man, there's a part of me here, too, where, like the Eagles, I don't know, maybe I should have gotten receiver first because you're a little worried that maybe one of the other teams could take a receiver. You know, I, I don't know. There's there, that, that popped in my brain. But, yeah, I think this is, like, pretty slam dunk. And this is where I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. From Ohio State down there in, in New Orleans. Many people's number one. Nah, I wouldn't say many people's. Yeah. Uh, you, you saw There's him as like a number one yeah, right. uh, wide receiver. 
Uh, I do feel like it's injury. cooled off a little bit. But you didn't have him in your top five. But you do have him in the first round. Yeah. What, third wide receiver off the board? Yep. Uh, let's see. It's, it's a three. That's fourth receiver, right? Uh, no, third. You're right. Third. It is third. Yeah. Third receiver off the board. You know, again, he's... Like, not my favorite. I understand that there's a lot of people in the NFL that really like him. You know, Michael Thomas wasn't your favorite. No, either, he wasn't. Has You're right. You're right. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, it's Ohio State guy. But I think it's just a real need. Like, they need, they need a difference maker. You know, and even Michael Thomas, as good as he is, he's not the guy that can blow the roof off the building, right? He's not that guy. He's the, hey, 10 yards over the middle, 8 yards over the middle, 12 yards over the middle. Is that Garrett you know? Wilson or no? No, Garrett Wilson's more of like, you know, hey, we hit Michael Thomas on that, and now they're starting to collapse on him. Hey, go deep down the middle for 70. See you later. You know, that's what he is. I mean, he does have speed. Give him speed sweep, slant. You know, he, he can run away from people and be a big play that guy, guy that way. They don't have that. To me, it, this is definitely one of the glaring needs on their roster. They got to get some proven commodities, difference makers on the offensive side of the ball, help Jamison Winston, help open up that run game a little bit. I mean, just think about them last year. I mean, it was just defense and run the ball, and you knew you had to play this ugly style of play because they had nobody that scared you in the past game. And I think certainly think uh, Wilson can open it up th- for them a little bit. Is there a chance right yeah, here right. at 19 with New Orleans right. with another pick? And they're in win-now mode. You mentioned it, though. Yeah. But Pittsburgh at 20. Yeah. We've heard quarterback, quarterback, quarterback from Pittsburgh for so long. Yeah. Is there a chance a team trades up to 19 to get ahead of Pittsburgh and get the quarterback they want? First quarterback off the board. I, there is a chance. I, you know, going back to what we talked about before, the I just don't know who it is or what the team is or who loves Malik Willis to that extent mm-hmm. that they're going to go get him there. So I am going Malik Willis to 20 to Pittsburgh. It's one of those that kind of just goes... I know, Pittsburgh seems to never really hide their intentions sometimes with guys. Right. Last year it was uh, Najee Harris. Exactly. They kind of let you know all year. You know, I think about Mason Rudolph being drafted a quarterback. Everybody said Mason Rudolph was going to the Steelers. <laughs> I remember watching the pro day, and Mike Tomlin was right behind him. And the, they're going to go there. Yeah. Joshua Dobbs came out. They were doing the same thing. His Pittsburgh looking for Pittsburgh in the mid rounds. You know, Mike Tomlin was there at the pro day. Turned on the freaking pro day this year from Malik Willis. <laughs> Who was the first guy you saw? Oh, yeah. there's Mike Tomlin. Maybe he calls dibs. He's got that seniority in the NFL where he's just like, I got dibs. I got that the guy. rest of the NFL respects that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> uh, I don't know here. It's just one that. I just think they're going to make the move right off the bat. Here's my only issue and my only thing I thought about with the Steelers. I thought, man, they are the Steelers. When they need a center, they do like drafting centers. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. I thought about uh, one of the names I wrote down on my first draft is Linderbaum from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, are they going to just go back to Webster and Marquise Palancy and go, let's start the new era with our center? Yeah. I mean, they, they are that way, the Steelers. Uh, but ultimately... I just feel like this is the style of football they want to play. Malik Willis, movement of the quarterback. You know, Mike Tomlin, play defense. We run the ball. My quarterback scrambles and makes a few plays to keep first downs alive, saves my defense. You know, play action pass, throws bombs to chase Claypool. I think that's the style of play they want to play. I'm going Malik Willis at 20 right there. If they do that, is he good enough? I don't think so. To play this year, I don't think so. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he still got on the field this year. Mm-hmm. But again, here's a guy that yeah, it, I, it, training camp, 
that'll give me a glean and if he gets there just to see the progress. But like we've talked about, he's, he's raw. There's no doubt about that. And he's really big-time talent. I like his motion. And he makes some wow throws that he can do them as easy as anybody you're going to find. Where you just go, holy shit, that was an unbelievable throw. And was he twiddling his thumbs and like not even caring here and through that? Like He can just do it easy. And that's what you love. And I know there's people that see that. So uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh, Malik Willis. Maybe getting the quarterback of the future there yeah. for the Steelers at 21. The New England Patriots got what they hope is the quarterback of the future last year in Mac Jones. They're on the clock at 21. Yeah, and as, I'm going to go tackle here. They're protecting their uh, investment. I, yeah, I'm, I think, you know, again, it's New England, they're old school and their thoughts here. I don't know. I mean, New England's the king of trading down. Do I see? Could I see New England trading down here? Of course I can. I mean, that's what they always do. I mean, they're, they're the kings of, like, wait, if our need doesn't match up the value, they're not going to reach and make a pick. They're going to trade down and just go from there. They believe their board's going to win out eventually, and that's where they're going to they're gonna really strike it rich. Is that because Bill's looked at so many players, he wants the, as many opportunities to take all of them? Well, he, well, Give me he, more he, he, I think he believes in playing the numbers more than let's play the numbers on one guy. Yeah. Right? I think that's where he believes on it. And then especially they have great belief, which they should, and their process. And they're like Bill of all people, in my opinion, is not going to be the guy to go, like kind of what you said early in the draft where he's going to go, where we go, well, some teams, if you just like the guy, just take him. So what? It's four spots too early. Yeah, Bill's like four or five spots too early. I feel like for Bill, he's like that's too many for me. We're yeah. gonna trade down. That just doesn't match up. He's they're, they're big that way. But and if they do stay, you think going Trevor go the, Penning? Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning. Northern here. Iowa tackle. Northern Iowa tackle. Big athletic. You know, I wish he was a hair more aggressive, like we talked about, but. Got all the measurables and tools of being a first-round pick. I don't know if I expected all these guys to go off the, the board this early. It's just kind of the way it fell you know, for me as I went through the process here. But, yeah, offensive line play was down a little bit last year. And I think they get this guy here and you know, it allows them to get their best five on the, on the field. I don't know what else matches up to me to make sense here. I don't think they're going to go Derek Stingley from LSU. I don't think that's their type of pick. I don't know if there's another corner on the board there that makes sense for them. And I do question what their philosophy is going forward on defense anyways. I don't know if they're going to be as much of a man-to-man football team. So I think there's a need on O-line here. This is interesting. Now yeah. we're getting to the playoff teams. They yeah. need maybe one or two pieces shore up an area of the Mac team. Brown got hit. I mean, Mac Jones got hit way too much last year. Yeah. They were not as dominant in the run game. They didn't pass protect nearly as well as they had the, the years before that. He needs a little more time than most quarterbacks, right? He needs no a little question. more cleaner pocket. No question. Him, and you got some Trent, room to work. No question. And then you got Trent Brown on a one-year deal. Where it's, it's iffy. I mean, you know, you just don't know what to get from Trent Brown. To me, this is protects your future, gives you depth, gives you everything you want. Yeah, but I won't lie. This is one of the harder teams to figure out what I felt like they were going to do in this draft. Next up, yeah. the Green Bay Packers. Here their, we go. Their need is wide receiver. No, because they their, don't need a receiver. Their best wide receiver is actually Jordan Love, who's their backup quarterback. <laughs> I don't Seriously. know if a lot of people know that. I, they, they, you're right, and we're going receiver. It's just It's too obvious. And to me, this is where it's like, been too obvious for a, a few years in a row. Though. Yeah, no, we I go know. like, well, they got to take a receiver. Yeah, well, they have to. This, year, I, right? I, I, I hope they do. Let's see. You're right. <laughs> it, it has been obvious. Um, they need a receiver and a receiver that they know can come in and hit the ground running. There's guys here that, of course, I think are more talented and that I would want to have, but they got to be a little bit on the. 
we got to have a guy that can help us. Like, we can't be like, oh, we think this guy is going to be three years down the road the best one. They, to me, have to err on a little bit. We need a little bit of urgency here. All right? And that's where I go Chris Olave. Olave, to me, is you know, the mo- one of the most well-rounded wide receivers. He can do everything. Incredible route runner. You know, can go deep. Seems really well-schooled and nuanced. And understands, you know certain things as far as in route running to be open, to be dependable. Uh, and to me, that would make sense for Green Bay. Green Bay, as we've talked about, it's an execution football team. Rodgers doesn't trust you unless you run the routes exactly the right way and we're on the same page. Olave's that guy to me. Has a little bit of like a Devontae Adams feel too. Oh, we can put him in slot because he's a great route runner and do all that. We can put him outside and he can win one-on-ones. You know, it might not be, oh, whoa, he's taking the flying down the field and all of that, but he's going to be really good and dependable and an awesome football player for a long time. With you Olave. liked him better than his teammate, Garrett I Wilson. I like him better than Garrett Wilson, no doubt about it. All right, and so we'll see if Aaron Rodgers likes him just as much, if that, in fact, happens at 22 for Green Bay. 23, Cardinals on the clock. Cardinals on the clock. Here we go. Derek Stingley time. Oh, All right. He's I'd, finally off the board. Finally off the board. That wait in the green room backstage was yeah. painful. Yeah, listen, I know a lot of people think he's top 10, top 15 pick for sure. And I, you know, There's a part of me, yes, you know, we talked about Seattle. I don't know. Is there another team on here that maybe does that? Maybe. I, it, even though I think it's realistic to think that this could happen, where it's like it comes up and people are going to go, wait, we had a pretty good board a grade on Stingley, and oh, man, he's there. Uh, we can't pull the trigger. I yeah. could I could see that happening. I mean, we've seen that happen in years past with DB, DBs especially and all that. Um, yeah, so I'm going Derek Stingley there. There's a huge need, I think, on their football team at the corner position. I know, again, did I think about you know maybe a guy on the edge or somebody like that for, for Arizona Cardinals? Yes, uh, I did a little bit, uh, but I thought just the need at the corner position was more than anything, and that's where I go with Stingley. As how he's viewed, they're a team that seems to be into the Isaiah Simmons freaky Rondell Moore. Oh, this freaky guy, right? I just feel like they're the team that would take the chip. Robert Kimdichie originally, thank you. Pete just said that one. Exactly. That's my point. I feel like they're the team that'll be a little bit like, he's there. We got to take him. We've been watching him since high school when he was the number one high school corner. I'm yeah. just having fun. And he'll come in with a chip on his shoulder because he, he went late. and They like that. They're quarterback right now. Kyler Murray has a chip on his shoulder. Um, Pete has predicted that of all your picks in your mock draft, this one will be the one that gets the most pushback. Yeah, you think because people won't, people think it's just too late. Yeah, yeah, I know. Everybody, I know. Everyone I know. has them top ten. Everybody's got them top ten. I, I get it. You I have just, them top twenty three. I just want to keep sitting here and going, who, who in the top ten? Like, I don't think the Giants are going to roll the dice on Derek Stingley. Nor do I think the Jets are. In a year where it's like, you got all these picks and you're the Jets and you got you got a chance to do it. I, I don't know. I just don't look at it that way. The Texans at three. I know. You know, the Falcons at eight, all the needs they got. The the best player on their defense is AJ Terrell. He's a corner. They're gonna do that again? I mean, him and Grady Jarrett are the two best players on their defense. So that's where I just go everyone goes top ten, top ten, and I just want to go, where? I just what team? The Panthers at six, are they gonna take Stingley after they just took a corner in the top ten last year? And they got corners all over their roster? That's where it just not only listen, I know the player, and I know some people have. I just look at it and go, it doesn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. to where he goes in the top ten. I guess that's where I push back a little bit. 
All right, you have him going top twenty three though. Top twenty three, and, that's still good. and first listen, round of the I, NFL. I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy. I know, and I respect the family and all of that too. And again, hey, with the Cardinals, I thought about pass rusher. Like I said, yeah, you know, does a Boye Mafe go here? You know, does the kid from Penn State? To me, that's just too high for them. I don't look at them as this kind of area talent, mm-hmm. but it is edge rushers, and we know how that can be overvalued at times. Uh, that certainly popped in my brain a little bit. Dallas did pretty well with their first-round pick last year. That yeah. was Micah Parsons, who played linebacker and edge rusher yeah, killed it. for them. 24th overall, Cowboys on the clock again. Yeah, uh, and that's where we're going. We're going offensive line. Offensive line's an issue for them, you know, period. You know, you know. I, again, defensive line, you can look at that there, but I think they got enough bodies and things there to do I look at it. Their team is built around their quarterback, they're C.D. Lamb. They want to play that style of football. They were enabled to run the football last year and open up holes at all. And you, we talked about it a lot, right? The trickle-down effect. I didn't think the offense is really all that great and creative unless the run game was working. The pass game was not good enough to kind of stand alone by itself and get it done. Uh, so I just look at that and go, yeah, I think that's a pretty big need for this football team. Zion Johnson from Boston College mm-hmm. is slam dunk, really good, high floor, Pretty high ceiling and like instant plug and play. Already played in a pro style offense up in Boston College, and you can hit the ground running there and feel really good. Three quarters of the way through now. Pick 24. The Cowboys have just made their selection, shoring up that offensive line, protecting Dak Prescott a little bit more. So, uh, a recap of 17 through 24. You got the big guy from UConn, defensive tackle. You got a corner in there. You got a couple wide receivers in Olave and Wilson, the two Ohio State kids. And you got the Steelers taking Malik Willis, the first quarterback off the board at 20. 25. The Buffalo Bills do not need a quarterback. No, they don't. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, of course, it's a really good roster. Again, they got, I think, a lot of defense alignment, as is. They're okay there. I don't, you know, offensive line has, you know, come to my brain here with them a little bit. Corner is probably the other thing I look at. You know, offensive line, they signed some free agents during the year to where I just, that's what got me off that. Going, they're, they're okay there. Corner, I do think I look at that and go, that could be a real possibility here. You know, Daxton Hill, maybe that kind of guy. You know, Jordan Poyer right now, like, great, Pete, I'm sorry because I messed up with the Marcus Cannon thing earlier because I remember looking at an old roster earlier today where he started the game. That's why I threw him in there, right? Am I fucking losing my mind here? Jordan Poyer's still there. Yeah. Contract dispute, though, right? Right, right. So there's the squabble. I, I did think about Daxton Hill from Michigan here because he could be that guy, nickel, safety, do all those type of stuff. You know, Andrew Booth, one of those corners from the Clemson corner. I thought about that. But here we go. I got a little curveball. And this is a little bit because of, I've heard this too. Brees Hall. Yeah. Iowa State running back. Off the board. I heard there's, yeah. So a little love affair through the grapevine up there in Buffalo that I've heard that they like Brees Hall a lot. So I'm going to kind of go here with, it's not totally off the rails here to go with this guy for what there are as a team, you know, they're going to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. You're going to start playing too much defense. Ooh, here's a draw play to Brees Hall. Your safeties are 30 yards deep, and now you're going to have to tackle Brees Hall 30 yards down the field, and he's got three rockets up his ass. I can see them going that route. Oh, you're down the field worried about Josh Allen throwing lasers. Here's a dump-off screen to Brees Hall. Uh Uh-oh, watch out. He's got 40 yards of free space to run around and get going here. So this one's a little of – 
yes, off the radar, but also hearing a little bit and going, yeah, I can see this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I It does make sense a little bit. Uh, so And they're a team that, again, like I said, you look at offensive line, I think they did enough in free agency. The secondary thing is the question to me, and that's to me what it'll come down to. Brees Hall or somebody in the secondary. Got it. And they thought they had, what, J.D. McKissick, right? Right. In free agency. Exactly right. Going back to Washington. Yes. You like Walker, the running back from Michigan State, I, that's better my than cup Brees of tea. Hall. But they want a guy that's a little bit more of a real thing in the pass game. Got it. And that's to me. Walker is like, He's caught. He like saw four balls in his whole time in Michigan. Like say, you never see. He never. He has no pass game. Brees, you get to see a lot of it. You know he's smooth and can run routes out of the backfield. And that is his cup of tea. And that makes sense for what they want to do there in Buffalo. Twenty six is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they they're a playoff team from last year. Might need everything though because everyone gets hurt. <laughs> right. So right. eventually they need all positions. Where do you go here? Well, you know, I, I go back to offensive line here. This is where I really looked at them this way. Uh, we got Robert Woods. You know, maybe they're a team that could be in the wide receiver market. I don't know. Just with Vrabel, John Robinson, New England tie. I think they'll look for more value at the receiver in some other round. You know, when you get you got Woods and AJ Brown already. Um, you know, D line, the fucking D line is awesome. I mean, they're amazing. You know, middle linebacker you know, went through my brain. They don't need safety. They don't need corner really. You know, so I went back to the old line. That's what they are. I mean, that's who they want to be. And, you know, there, there's some need there as far as interior O-line and right tackle. You could kind of go either way there in that conversation. And that's where I'm going to go Kenyon Green from the Texas A&M. Guard. He kind of guard. Kind of fits both of those, though. You know, we talked about, like, he played tackle in college. He's, yeah. he's got all the measurables and is capable of doing that. You know, but, yes, I think ultimately he's ready for guard right now. You know, maybe they're going. Wait, we get him a guard now, and we actually do think there's potential he can be our starting right tackle. You know, maybe two years from now, I could see that being the plan with this guy. So there's versatility as far as what he can do right away in year one, and I do think you're getting a really a guard that's really more talented than Zion Johnson. Just hasn't got to play there the whole time, and you know, just uh, is a hair more raw, but big time talent. So Titans shoring up that offensive line, opening up some holes for Derrick Henry, giving some time for Ryan Tannehill. The Buccaneers, they got a pretty complete team, a lot of veterans everywhere. They're on the clock at twenty six. Yeah, the Buccaneers. You know, I mean, you know, again, I mean, I was like, oh, wide receiver? Are they going to go wide receiver here? I don't know. I mean, they just going to, you know, you think about O line? Would they do something like that and try to? You know, add to the fact that they you know lost a guy or two, or lost two guys. They lost their two guards, right? Right. So that that, but they did trade for Shaq Mason and got him there to fill one of those holes. Um, I don't think there's anybody there worthy of that pick interior O line, except for one guy, and then they might be able to do this because their team is so good, like you're talking about. Is I almost did put Tyler Smith from Tulsa on there. Tyler Smith is he played guard a tackle at Tulsa. He is made for guard and I don't know if did you do O line with me that day? No. No, Tyler Smith was one of my fun watches. Like he was one of those guys I didn't make him a top five or six, but he was the next guy and I said, Oh my gosh. You know, just you want to talk about Mauler killing right, I people. You saying that. Yep. He was a good athlete. It's just all mechanics and raw. They just need to fix that. I mean, he was like doing crossover runs as he's pulling, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, nobody's taught this guy. He's just doing it all. I'm like, I'll just get it done this way this play, and I'll do it this way next play. And, and So you loved him. He didn't make your top five. I, no. 
And he, does he make your first round mock draft? No, he did okay, not. I'm going to go Andrew Booth from Clemson. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to go Andrew Booth from Clemson here. I think I look at it and go, hey, got Carlton Davis signed up. You know, um, Jamel, right. Sean Murphy Bunny, really good. More of a nickel guy. Jamel Dean, we're getting to the point here where it's going to be contract time here soon, mm-hmm. right? I look at Andrew Booth and go, man, there's a lot of elite qualities here for this football team. The Buccaneers are one of those teams I look at. I think have a little bit of like, they can go any way they want here in a lot of ways. And uh, I think that I just ultimately came on Andrew Booth. I did also think with them, um, you know, safety a little bit too, a little uh, as far as like a Daxon Hill that did cross my brain as well. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I'm going with Andrew Booth at corner. The corner is off the board at 27. 28, Green Bay Packers back on the board. You have them taking Chris Olave with a 22nd overall pick. Did they address defense with 28? Uh, yes, they did. I mean, this is where I'm going, Daxon Hill. I'm going Daxon Hill here. You know, Darnell Savage has not been very good for them at safety position. You know, th- that's one issue I look at. You know, and then you just, you know, you look at their, their football team again. They got a lot of things that, you know, we're good. I thought about Trey Burks here as far as, like, maybe they do do another receiver here, have a little bit of a different guy, you know. And, again, they can create ways to get him the ball. And, and oh, Lobby's running routes downfield, and now we got, you know, this guy underneath doing this route or coming out of the backfield or whatever. Mm. Like, I, I did think about that. But I think ultimately I looked at it with just Adrian Amos, you know, where he's at in his career – corner position overall I know the two outside are phenomenal I get that this is kind of your nickel safety type which I kind of came away looking at their team going I think this is probably the number one need on their team for me Uh, again um, you know there's nothing glaring other than receiver on their team to really look at it and go oh that's an issue but I, I, I went to the Joe Barry defensive coordinator Manny all those years with Tampa Bay and Rondé Barber, they really don't have that guy. And like I said, at the safety position, they've been a little less than. I'm going to go there. I know some people go pass rusher. I want to go – they just re-signed Preston Smith for like $50 million, and they got Rashawn Gary. They're not going to go pass rusher. I mean, I, I don't think. I know people say that. I just I, – I don't see that being the case. So this is where I went Daxton Hill from Michigan. Daxton Hill, so you got him going safety after going with receiver. Another team that a lot of people think are going to take a receiver in this very deep receiver class is the Chiefs, and they're on the clock at 29-30. and 30, So back-to-back here for Kansas City. Yes, and I didn't really think it was going to fall this way, but if it does, it will be totally awesome. Christian Watson – from North Dakota State, my second favorite receiver, and just a – this is going to be one of those where, I don't know, again, maybe one of these teams before this takes him. You know me. I think he's worthy of that. But I do know that NFL people are a little concerned about his ability to play the 50-50 ball and the competition. And yeah, I, I understand. You know, So that's out there. I like him more than that. I don't put as much into that at times, You know, as you've heard me with past receivers. I just realistically could see, you know, some of these other teams that want to draft receivers, I think really need something right now to prove it. They can't go on the, oh, my gosh, unbelievable potential guy. Like, there's a few questions we have. I just don't think, and I think it's going to leave on the board here. And I think, like, when they pick him, the whole league's going to go, fuck, we let Christian Watson fall to them? Like, that's what I think is going to happen. 
Because I think there's a lot of teams that look at him and really want to make him a higher pick, but they're just not going to have the guts to. Yeah. And, yeah, he'd be perfect for them. They don't need him to be polished and ready to go right away. They can just say, hey, fucker, run to the goalposts as fast as you it can. It should be nicer to him than right. that, though. They should not say that to <laughs> them. Hey, first-round fucker, run to the goalposts. <laughs> well, maybe that's how you treat rookies, right? That's you do you say do. that. you got to give them. you got to earn it. You gotta, well, you know, you start catching a few of those. I won't call you a fucker anymore. Yeah. I'll learn your name. But there is something to that, right? Andy Reid's built up, obviously, a lot of cachet where you can take maybe more risks. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You're not going to get fired over it. So yeah. Christian Watson, one of your favorite uh, receivers in the draft, 29, 30th. What do they do there? 30th is where I think they're going to go pass rusher. I do. And, and again, there's a guy that you know was borderline in this area, but I'm going to go Boye Mafe from, from Minnesota. You know, again, hey, let's not be too complicated here. They like big physical dudes on their D-line. The guy's 6'4", 265 or whatever, and he ran 4'5". I mean, okay. You know, is he a little stiff for me? Sure. But he plays hard. He's strong. It's, it's a high ceiling, and there's some potential there, and even in my film watching, of, of growth in the pass rush. He's got all the skills and everything you want to be really a, a, a true force off the edge. They don't have another guy opposite of Frank Clark, you know, I know they got the extension done with Frank Clark, right, for two more years to kind of lessen the salary cap and all of that. But, yeah, they're a team like you're talking about with Tampa Bay, too. Not a lot of needs for this team. They can kind of look for, like, yeah, we need it and it's for the future and everything there. I think it makes sense. All right, so two more picks to go here in the first round. You got the Bengals, and then you got my Detroit Lions back yeah. on the clock. But yep. let's go with the Cincinnati Bengals at 31. They're one pick in the first round. It goes back and forth here. Center from Iowa, Linderbaum, and you go, oh, shit, they're going to have one of the better offensive lines in football to go with Joe Burrow and those receivers and that running back, and oh, my gosh, it's going to be like Kansas City. You're going to go, we just got to keep pace with them every game. Yeah. We got we to actually think about, we got to play a different style this week because we're playing Cincinnati, and we're not going to be able to stop them. So we got to play a game to think, like, we got to score 30 or we can't win. I mean, they could do that with Linderbaum. And, and, you know, but they do have Ted Karras, who they got from New England in the free agency, who can play center. So that's not, like, desperate there. So I don't know. I went back and forth between him and a corner. I thought about the Florida corner, Kair Elam. Mm-hmm. You know, he's another guy there that's, I think, in the range that starts to make sense. But ultimately, I went with Linderbaum. To me, I had Kair. I, I don't know where they go. Uh, Elam, to me, was just Linderbaum I have such a high grade on. I think he's so fucking good that I just have a hard time thinking at 31, you go, oh, my gosh, he's here. We got to take him. And you, just give, you, you protect Chase and Higgins yeah. And Joe Burrow, and you open up holes for Mixon, and I, I don't know. That's so I just edged on that, but I certainly could see the corner being a thing here. What too. a transformation that would be for them too. Bengals, we were talking about a couple years ago, one of the worst offensive lines in football, couldn't protect Joe Burrow. Right. I mean, had trouble with it last yeah, year yeah. too. Yeah, right. Um, shoring up that certainly oh, possible. No doubt, no doubt. Our and f- well, and no. just before we get there, I did think about a trade here too. Like you know, again, I don't like doing the trade shit and all that. But I did sit here and go, all right, here we are, 31. Is there a team that's going to come up and maybe take one of these quarterbacks now? Yeah. You know, are the Colts going to make a move? Are the Falcons going to make a move? Yeah. You know, I don't think the Colts will make that move now, of course. Falcons, yes. I certainly can see them being a team that, ooh, maybe they do that. But this limited number of teams that can come up and make a play here. And I think, like, even if you're the Falcons, you might sit there and look at it and go, I don't know. You know, if they have a feel about what Detroit might do, they might sit there and go, well, I think we can actually sit here at, what was it, pick 43, 
And we might be able to just have the quarterback fall to us, a la like Mac Jones to New England and pick 15 last year. Sure. So I stayed pat with the Bengals staying there, but I could certainly see some action going down here at this All point. Right. If you're listening, you didn't see what I did. If you're watching, you saw me prematurely unzip my T-shirt. Oh. We got the Detroit Rams right here. Final pick of the draft for, uh, for trading away Matt Stafford. The pick couldn't have been any worse, <laughs> right? They got the worst possible pick they could yes. in the trade with the Rams. Right. They got one next year, too, so we'll see what happens. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback. Yes. Penny over Pickett. over Matt Corral, your number one quarterback. Yeah, that's my number one guy. I and again, you know who I would pick. I'm taking Matt Corral. That's who I want. That's who I, I think Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the draft. Um, but I'm just again, I don't know. You know, I, I guess there's a part of me that just was. It's, is that their cup of tea there? You know, and and I looked at they got Jared Goff, and they do like that kind of quarterback. You know, with you know, coming from New Orleans and Drew Brees and all that, I could, I, I guess I just erred on going, I think Kenny Pickett would be more their cup of tea mm-hmm. than Matt Corral. I'd you know, rather they not do that. You'd rather they not. That yeah. doesn't excite you. It doesn't excite me. No. No. Now, again, it's, you know, I think it's going to be an upgrade over what you got quickly. I don't think it'll take long. Like, there's a spot where I He's, rate. Even though low ceiling, kind of, yeah. you know what you're going to get, you would take Kenny Pickett two years from now over over uh, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Definitely. 100%. To me, this is one where it didn't even makes sense, too, because like you heard me talk about like, man, if, if Carolina drafted Kenny Pickett, there's going to be an issue until games are played because teams are, the locker room's going to go, wait, Sam Darnold's got a quicker release. Wait, Sam Darnold's arm stronger. Wait, Sam Darnold's outperforming him every day. You know, to me, that's not going to be an issue in Detroit. You know, even though you might not outperform the veteran guy at first just because he's a veteran quarterback, right. people are going to go, well, man, his arm is stronger. Oh, he does throw a prettier ball. Oh, he definitely is a better athlete than golf. And that's to me, you know, that you can sell that to your team better that way too. And again, I know I'm not high on Kenny Pickett. Again, I'm not, I'm never not rooting for these guys. I hope he proves me wrong too. Uh, I, I I do think he's a guy though that you know could be your starter really quickly and dependable and have a long career. I just again, yeah, the ceiling I don't see tremendously high. There it is. There it is. The first round is in the books. Holy shit balls. I probably forgot some of my facts and things I wanted to say here, but that's just the way no, it goes. No, that's fine. That's good because yeah. you can do it again on I Wednesday. choke under the pressure at times. It's just the way to do it. So here's, uh, here's a recap. If you're watching on, uh, on YouTube or if you're watching on Peacock, the 1 through 32 here. Um, and, and maybe, um, Pete, maybe we can save all the by the numbers for Wednesday. You want to do that? We'll save the kind of like we'll go position by position. We'll see how deep some of these, how many offensive sure. linemen you've had because yeah. you did have a lot taken in this. I would love that. I would love to give you some of the all uh, all damn I look at them as first round guys and they're not going to make it. And I'd sure. like to give them some love, like I told you earlier. You yeah. know, I'm kill. It, it hurt me not to have the safety from Georgia in the first round. It really did. It hurt me not to have him there. Uh, yeah, Lewis seen, seen, no yeah. doubt about it. Nicobe Dean, another guy from Georgia, you didn't yeah, have the first round, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't even think it, I think the other linebackers better. Quay, Quay Walker, oh yeah, I don't have him, you know, right? I didn't put him in. I thought about it, you know, but I think those are guys that are like, man, day two in the first thirty minutes, they're going to be off the board. Those will be pick 33, yeah. 35, 36, 34, whatever. They're going to be right there. Those will be that group of guys. All right, you got plenty more to talk about on Wednesday with Paul and. More news may happen. By more, too. more, no so doubt about react it. To that, yeah. Well done. Well Thanks, done, man. Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for the red sweatshirt today. Thanks for just appealing to the fan base and quieting the clamoring for the red sweatshirt. They always love it. And <laughs> thanks for your Detroit Ram shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Pete for that. Yeah, and and. 
thank you for agreeing to the summertime swim party butt and hamstring <laughs> pictures we're going to yeah, take we, of you. I don't think we can post the pictures of it. On Why? Long, but it's just right. weird. What's it's wrong just, with that? It, you can't show strange. a guy's legs and butt on too Instagram? Is that, a, is that a little too... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen worse. Is right. All right. Peace out, everybody. Check us out on Wednesday. Give us your feedback. Come on. And I'm going to continue. You know me. I hope I gave some I hope I gave some good nuggets on the draft. I will continue to, as of course, hear some rumors, pass them along, whatever else is out there. Be good. Ahmed, thanks for driving the ship. Oh. Clap it up. <laughs>